0: Good morning and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, December 31st, 2023. My name is Melanie C., a Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Canby, Oregon. The share ID numbers for Friday, December 29th, 2023 are the following. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study is 2098620986. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study, the share ID number is 20987, 20,987. This morning, A Vision for You presents Faith and Freedom Over Food and Fear. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our special edition event on this final day of this year, 2023, Faith and Freedom Over Food and Fear. What a brilliant focus for this day, a theme that resounds utterly with our shared journey. Today, we are honored to have an extraordinary speaker who will guide us through an exploration of one of the most transformative concepts in the big book. Fear, as we know, weaves a pervasive thread through the fabric of our lives and is deeply intertwined with our battle with food addiction. Our speaker will delve into the powerful question, what if we could replace food and fear with faith? And the freedom that is promised, which follows. This thought-provoking query opens the door to a life-changing exploration of assessing or accessing a power greater than us—a journey illuminated in the Big Book. We can live a full, vibrant, relevant, sober life, sanely and happily. We see it all around us, free from fear. Our speaker will take us on a journey through the Big Book's instructions, a path laid out to find us to help us find, build, and follow a course towards peace, replacing fear with a profound relationship with a higher power. As we progress through each step, we will discover how to live a life imbued with the promises outlined on page 100, promises that await us as we persist one day at a time. This sets the stage for an exciting discussion blazoned with promise in overcoming, overcoming fear and finding faith highlighting the wisdom and experience of recovery from compulsive overeating. The relevance of the big book's teachings that surround each of us today marks a new powerful beginning because it is the guide to recovery and is made clear through this presentation. Prepare to be inspired and uplifted as we welcome a speaker who not only understands the depth of our struggles, but also lights the way towards a life of freedom and faith. Please join me in warmly welcoming our distinguished speaker, a true beacon of hope and guidance in our continuous quest for serenity and strength, hailing all the way from Massachusetts. Please help me welcome Elaine B. Thank you so much, Melanie C. Coast to coast and beyond. Wow. Well, Happy New Year, almost. If your New Year's resolution is to put down the food, this is for you. If your New Year's resolution is to grow in your relationship with God, this is for you. If your New Year's resolution is to eliminate being driven by fear, <laughs> this is for you. And if you'd like to con- grow spiritually, I really hope this helps. So I'd like to open in prayer, asking God to please uh, direct everything that um, that I say, that I share, responses to questions, and that this would be of of use of service to uh, people that are listening page 67 in the big book says fear touches about every aspect of our lives oh um, let me read this first the 12 and 12 on page 122 says that we found freedom from fear was more important than freedom from what what did i want (laughs) i want it all uh so page 67 in the big book says fear touches about every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding thread the fabric of our existence was shot through with it. Page 68 in the big book suggests, perhaps there's a better way. We think so, for we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in the world to play the role he assigns, just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity. (sighs) Ah. Okay, wait a minute, back up the bus. You're reading page 67 and 68. What do we do? How do we get there? Okay, (laughs) today we'll explore how the 12 steps clear the way to an ever-increasing faith and a power that can bring you the lasting freedom over food and fear and replace the evil and corroding thread with a life-giving golden thread of access to true ease and comfort, power and direction, and page 100 promises, I love promises, one day at a time. I'll be referring to God as him in keeping with the text of the big book. I will also read the text as it is, rather than substituting alcohol with food, except as I read step one. Admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. This is all about our relationship with food. The doctor's opinion says the message that can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. In nearly all cases, their ideals must be grounded on a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. They'll learn to carry the message by sharing what they were like, what happened, and what they're like now. And so here's a bit of my step one story what I was like. I was not just a food addict, man. I was an ease and comfort addict. You show me how to find it, and then I'll be happy. Um, I loved and grew to rely on the uh, awesome effect (laughs) of something sweet in my mouth to sweeten up the day. Ben and Jerry are always sweet and they never say no. (laughs) I was skinny throughout my teens and and even into my early 20s. because I would dance and party while I was out there looking for love in all the wrong places. I had no clue that food was an issue, but it became my main source of ease and comfort after an eight-hour battle with God when a man I was dating got engaged to somebody else. The battle ended with me giving up Mr. Goodbar, (laughs) picking up a phone book, and finding a church. I also found in that church food, and people like to eat it, like to go out to eat a lot. And um, I discovered that food was able to give me the effect that other things I was doing did. Um, I was seeking ease and comfort in boxes, bags, and drive throughs every day. A friend invited me to an OA meeting years later after I gained a lot of weight. This is what I heard. Want, 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 no flour. Want, 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 no sugar. I wasn't ready until years later when that friend again came to me and asked me to marry him. We celebrated our engagement with family and I had my last piece of cake on New Year's Day 2004. And then... I quickly found an OA sponsor who directed me to phone meetings. She helped me get on a food plan. She became an accountability partner. Even during our honeymoon travels (laughs) six months later, she made you listening. Thank you so much. A vision for you did not exist at the time. Um, um, So I'm, I'm so grateful that she helped me get started. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. This is about our relationship with God. Bill reacted to this suggestion. He gets to, we get to reject, we get to react to that. We've moved beyond relationship to food and now we're focusing on a relationship with a power greater than ourselves. We agnostics remarks that we had been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world people who rose above their problems. They said, God made these things possible, and we only smiled. We had seen spiritual release, but liked to tell ourselves it wasn't true. Actually, we were fooling ourselves, for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it is there. For faith and a power greater than ourselves, And the miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. Bill's story goes on to tell his protestations in detail (laughs) until he was offered this powerful suggestion. Why don't you come up with your own conception of God? Bill shares this statement. This melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. Bill stood in the sunlight at last. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Thus, I was convinced God is concerned with us humans when we want him enough. Bill was ready for step three. But wait, what about me? I had a God. I had a miracle-working God, you know, no more drugs, sex, sleeping around. Oh, my goodness. God clearly needed, I needed to supersize my perception and relationship with God, the one that had more power over the food and the things that drove me to it. I was once invited to stand by the ocean and look over the sea, and this man said that if the whole ocean, Was filled with nothing but love and was pointed right at you, it would not be enough to contain the love God has for you. Ah, (laughs) so ease and comfort with that thought. I leaned into and continue to lean into that with confidence that God God knows everything about everyone, past, present, and future loves and cares enough about me to help and guide me, will never abandon me, though at times I've abandoned him. This God wants the best outcomes for me and knows how to direct me to receive it. Step work and enhancing my understanding of God with friends from a vision for you is how I have learned to trust and rely on God and continue to grow in this area one day at at a time, which leads me to... Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. This is about a new relationship with God. Page 60 says Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after made clear these three pertinent ideas A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. See that God could and would, if He were thought. Being convinced we were at step three. There's a beautiful step three prayer. Um, I said it with my. Oh, I had a beautiful experience. My first uh, third step prayer with my very first sponsor. We're both on our knees out under a tree, it was so beautiful, saying it together, I continue to say the third step prayer on my knees every morning and night. Please don't unmute, but I'd like to ask you to join me in saying this prayer with me if you like. God, I offer myself to thee. Build with me and do with me as you will. Relieve me of my bondage to self that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of your power, your love, and your way of life. May I do your will always. Amen. After three years of saying this prayer daily, on my knees, morning and night, writing four steps in my great big binder, detailing every resentment using the in-depth method I was taught the insane idea one out. In the midst of a work event in September 2012, I had the lurking notion that it would be okay for me to have something off my food plan. Then I justified that popcorn is a vegetable. Isn't half a cup of uncooked popcorn equal to a bucket full at the movies <laughs> of Pop- popcorn? Probably, Right. A few months later, it seemed okay to have wine at a business dinner. By December 15th and 16th of 2013, I found myself buying Valentine's Day boxes of candy on sale and hiding them around the house. They disappeared quickly. I began to care about the food more than anything else besides work. My brain was too fogged to see the impact on others. After a while, my husband wrote me a letter. It said, I had taken on a new lover and it was food. Divorce was not an option for us, but we would live separately. My brain was so fogged, I couldn't even understand it. My obsession was so strong, I didn't even want to. I just hid the letter away. In June, an OA friend gave me the number for a vision for you. Thank you, my friend, if you're there listening. The next day, January 6th, um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, June 16, 2013, I heard Joe M.'s special edition entitled, They Call This Plain and Sanity. And that's what it was. I could totally relate. I knew I found something I vitally needed. I totally identified in, not just with the disease, but with the solution. And I quickly found a sponsor on a vision for you. I am so grateful she agreed to take me through the steps in a much quicker, big book way. Thank you so much, dear friend. My higher power continues to listen and answer this third step prayer one day at a time. Choosing to trust and rely on a power greater than ourselves is essential as we face the truth about ourselves, our relationships with others, our other unhealthy coping mechanisms. We need God's help, and I believe God counts it all joy to give it. Step four, making a searching, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. This is about our relationship with God, others, and our coping mechanisms. We've got some growing to do. This never ends. We'll never reach the depths of perfection this side of heaven. We get to keep exploring what stands between us and God and others and grow into um, serenity and usefulness as we continue to live out this work. Page 64 says, resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From its Gems, all forms of spiritual disease. What does disease do? It kills it, it kills it. Uh, page 66 says, "But with the alcohol maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal for when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again and with us to drink. I especially love the last instruction in the fear inventory found on pages 66 to 68. The last thing it says is we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. This is a vital way to establish and build a life-changing relationship with God to conquer our fears. What do we do? How do we do it? We find out. That's awesome page 70 and 71 in this book you will read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves we hope you are convinced now that god can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him if you have already made a decision and an inventory of your grosser handicaps you have made a good beginning that being so, you've swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. As I mentioned in step one, I called a woman on a vision for you in 2013 with the desperation of a dying man. When I started by asking about the food, I loved and needed to learn and recently relearn her response. She said, The food, the food. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hire a nutritionist. So just as I'm not the arbiter of anyone's sex life, I don't want to be the arbiter of anybody's food plan. Dignity of Choice, published by OA, offers a variety of options, and um, working with a nutritionist is great advice. So that was the first of many clear-cut instructions I learned from her. So glad to have clear-cut instructions in the big book as well as our OA literature and wisdom from sponsors in the Vision for You community to rely on as we continue to grow in recovery and help others. Please consider this. Should God be on your resentment list? Is your consent concept of God enough? Or is there room for more freedom and more faith? I've had profound experiences exploring my relationship with God in these steps which has cleared the way of greater faith, trust, hope, intimacy, and desire for God to use me to serve and help others as he directs. There are lots of ways of doing this step. I've tried several. I find the clear-cut instructions in the Big Book and using the the forms that are available at oabigbook.info very helpful, efficient, and effective. They also align directly to big book instructions. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Ooh, (laughs) trust is the key. It doesn't have to be your sponsor, but it does have to be shared with someone. Someone that can take our fifth step and meet again as we take an hour to review our work and make sure it was complete so we can go back and share anything that God revealed that we missed. After the fifth step is complete, I love to take what I call the promise test by asking these questions on page 75. Okay, did you pocket your pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past? Did you withhold nothing? Are you delighted? Can you look the world in the eye? Can you be alone at perfect peace and ease? Have your fears fallen from you? Have you begun to feel the nearness of your Creator? We've had many spiritual beliefs, but now we, have you begun to have a spiritual experience? Has the feeling that the drink problem disappeared? Do you feel that you are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe? If you can say yes to all these things, that is, ah, oh, So humbling, so helpful, so confidential, so safe. These are the conditions that make step five easier. Building a relationship with God clears the way for others. So admitting to God and my sponsor had a profound effect. As I was reading my fifth step, I had a spiritual awakening sufficient to bring about recovery when I shared about my dad. He was the safe one for me to blame for many things that happened and didn't happen in my life. I hadn't yet learned to build an honest, open relationship with my dad, but was an extreme example of self-will-run riot. I did not feel I could rely on him. And after my mom and my sisters left, I built my life on self-alliance and looking for love and ease and comfort in all the wrong places. But when I shared that about my dad, I realized the problem was me, not him. He offered me so much, and I couldn't, well, I wouldn't accept it, unless it was money. (laughs) I didn't have to take any responsibility if I could blame him for my mother and my sisters moving away and not including me. Step six, we were entirely ready have God remove these defects of character. This is about our relationship with our coping mechanisms, like the blame game. Page 76, if we can answer to our satisfaction, when we look back, we then look back at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can you have them all, every one? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. It helps me to think of this character as a character defense rather than a defect. The way I learned to defend myself, whether I taught, bought, or borrowed it from somebody else, I created them or I created them myself just to survive. This can... Be really scary to be willing to give up if you've really relied on it. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. If i got to change, something's got to change. Page 76 says, when ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad, I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. I love that we get to ask God. We're invited. We're encouraged. Ask God for the willingness. Ask God to remove the defects. I'm as powerless over my defects of character as I am food. But God is able to remove them. The obsession of food and my character defects is, he wants to remove them, but he waits to be asked. Just ask, humbly. That's all that was needed. Really? I wasn't trained to ask. I didn't know I could have done this with my dad or my mom who moved away. Why did she move away? Why didn't she bring me? Or my sister that ran away, where did you go? Why didn't I get to go with you? I was taught, or perhaps I taught myself, to be self-reliant. But self-reliance failed me and continues to do so. The many times I still default right back to it. Just ask, is it that easy? Can it be true? Real? Really? (laughs) My husband created a... an acrostic for amity which means friendship it says ask me i'll tell you in my self-alliance i was even trying to predict what he wanted to read his mind about what he needed (laughs) just ask and continue for a lifetime answers may come quickly or slowly but they come we come to rely upon it i call it a gentle nudge when god inspires a thought or action in a delayed response to prayer I'm always blessed by the outcome when I follow his direction. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Page 76, faith without works is dead. If we, um, and if we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. Again, we get to ask. Just ask for the willingness until it comes. When I was in relapse, that was the information somebody gave me. Just ask for willingness to put down the food. Just ask. As we start with the easier ones on our amends to make, we become willing and we gain more confidence and assurance um, that makes the harder ones possible. I'm so glad God does not expect us to do this alone. We have sponsors. We have other people we can talk to but we have God with us. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, step nine, except when to do so would injure them or others. After my relapse, I realized I needed to take the limitation of my perception of and reliance on God to a new level. God reminded me of a prayer I had heard years ago asking God to bridge the gap between the love I needed and the love I received. He did. But to do so, I need to supersize my perception of God to one I could utterly abandon myself to. So he inspired me to write and review this description daily for several years. There's only one. One I need to watch, seek, and obey. Only one I need to please, follow, serve, trust, and rely on, not myself or others. Only one who has all knowledge, power, answers, wisdom about everyone, every detail, past, present, and future. Only one with the desire and the ability to meet all of my real needs. Only one who loves, cares, and knows me enough to prepare and lead me to a best path today, tomorrow, and always. Here's a real easy way to sum it up. God is perfect love. For several years, I had hourly alerts to realize, your will, not mine be done. <laughs> I should put them back on sometimes because that's the most important thing. The big book says that the doing so, <laughs> we get more promises. I love promises, <laughs> especially when they are kept. I have to do my part but God is always so good at doing his. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We're gonna know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, We will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. So my amends. My dad. God help me stop playing the blame game. And I began a seven-year restoration relationship with my dad. It was so great to go visit him and hear his stories and be open and show him pictures of his granddaughter that I had on my phone. It was my other sister. I don't have any kids. Um, His health soon began to deteriorate. And over the last four years, his capacity lessened year by lessened year by year. You know, eventually he couldn't walk without assistance, then he couldn't walk at all, and he spoke, jumbled and jarbled, until he couldn't speak at all. He couldn't feed himself or change himself or put himself to bed. I'm grateful for the people that helped him, especially Tony. Thank you, Tony but I visited as often as I could and I told him I loved him and I played music that he liked and I repeated some of his favorite jokes and I, I know he believed in God and I was honored to be there the night that he passed and to continue to honor his third wife who's now 92 and hopes to join him in heaven soon. I get to see her tomorrow. Yay. My mom. There's this beautiful picture of my mother that I have in her front yard with her arms bursting open wide. And she's just ready for a great big hug from her daughter who had come to Florida to visit her. She moved away when I was 15, but God led me to call her every day. Um, Not when I was 15. Uh, I can't even remember. It must have been well, maybe in recovery 10 years ago or longer. Her husband got on the line um, one one time and said, please, please keep doing this. It helps her so much. I didn't know they were going to be divorced and she'd be alone soon after. She'd always come running to the phone, sometimes panting from the, from the garden. <laughs> God restored my relationship that I didn't get to have when she and my sisters moved away, we became very, very, very close. I was with her every single day by phone and actually was there by FaceTime for her very last breath. What an honor. The candy store. All right. Um, you know what? I'm going to skip that one. I shared it on a different special edition. God. That picture of, men of, of God of my mom with her arms wide open and the smile on her face makes me think of God and believe that, uh, you know, God desires to be with me just like that. And my desire now is to be with him, to make him so happy. I know his arms and his ears and his doors and his heart are always wide open for me. I know that now. And there is an ever-increasing desire um, for me to lay down my life for him, to serve and follow him, to be of maximum service to God and those about me. Sponsorship is wonderful. I see miracles here. Oh, The community I crave is awesome. <laughs> Many wonderful miracles there. We, we got together over Zoom, about 30 of us yesterday. My marriage is amazing, and I'm so humble and blessed to live with and do service and grow with my husband. But all the blessings would never be enough without constant conscious contact with my higher power, who's my best friend. My advisor, my confidant, my comforter, my encourager, my source, my hope, my deliverer, and now and forever more. He's changed my hunger to be seen and heard, uh, to desiring to see and hear God and to see and hear others. Page 68, we never apologize to anyone for depending on our creator. We laugh at those who think spirituality is a way of weakness. Paradoxically, it is a way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. I'm sorry, I'm choked up. I really, this is so true and meaningful for me and is for many of you and can be for you who need it. Rick's letter. I found a new lover and it's food. We live separately in this house. Well, I found the letter a year later. I couldn't face it. I tucked it away. But another year later, in recovery, I found it again and I gave it to him. This program in that two years had changed me so much, he didn't even remember writing it. That is a miracle. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. We get to fix our relationships with others. We get to keep them clean and clear. We get to use step 10s. We have people we can reach out to for 10s. There are 10-step trains and other resources. There's a rapid 10-step on your phone. But it saddens me that the most important relationship building um vessel that I have found that really opened a door for me was asking God to remove my fear and direct my attention to what he would have me be. And I would literally write down what he would have me be. I continue to do that. I think that is so important. But those rapid 10 steps do not include that. So I really encourage sponsees and everybody, please take time to let God answer that question. And show you what God would have you be, face over fear, step eleven sought through, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only knowledge for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. I created a sheet that pulls out the clear-cut instructions in steps ten and eleven that I review at the beginning of each day and um, i I think i'll try to read through it real quickly i think i have time upon awakening ask god to direct our thinking especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity dishonest or self-seeking motives under these conditions we can use the mind god gave us every day is a day when we must carry the vision of god's will into all of our activities how can i best serve thee thy will not mine, be done this is the proper use of the will Think about the 24 hours ahead. Consider our plans for the day. God, what can I do for the person who is still sick? Pause and make notes. If we face decision about our day, we ask for inspiration, an intuitive thought or decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. The right answers will come all day long. We pause if doubtful or agitated, ask for the right thought or action, constantly reminding ourselves that we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. Then we are much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We do not tire so easily because we aren't burning up energy trying to run the show. Watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and food. Uh, fear. I'm going to add, um, you know, if food lights up, all of these things, these are triggers. I need God. I need God. He's inviting me. He's showing me with selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When they crop up, we ask God at once to remove them, discuss them with someone immediately, make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone, resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. We cease fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol and food. Um, I express gratitude, uh, thy will not mind be done, uh, the step three and step seven prayers on my knees in the morning. I cover that first, first thing. Um, and then the serenity prayer, you know, an ongoing resentment prayer. I always have this here. So in case I've got somebody on my list, I'm trying to let go of. <laughs> God, I ask everything I want for myself be given to fill in the blank. I ask for fill in the blanks, health, prosperity, and happiness. This is a sick person. How can I be helpful to them? God save me from being angry. Your will not mine be done. I prayed this for someone for 10 years. And I am so touched by what I see in this person today. It took a long time for me to get there. And I had to say the prayer to get through the next encounter with, with them. But And then the night, ninth step prayer. I love this is on page 82 and 83, one sentence each. Uh, God, please help me keep my spouse and family's happiness uppermost in my mind as I try with your grace to make these relationships right. Please show me how to find the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love in my heart and soul. Please show me how to demonstrate these principles in all my affairs. I won't read the St. Francis Fair, but it's um, in the 12 and 12 on page 99. I pray for others and work projects. Conclude the period of, I did a typo, but I love it. Conclude the period of medication by praying we be shown all throughout the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever is needed to take care of such problems. We have a new employer who will give us everything we need if we stay close to him and perform his work well. And then pause for guidance. We especially ask for freedom from self-will and do not pray for ourselves unless others will be helped. Ask to be shown the way of tolerance, love, and kindness. And so, um, my husband actually, it says in the big book, um, if circumstances warrant, ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. And my husband created a morning practice to re- re- um, enrich our relationship with God and, and others. Um, we use a popular prayer and positive stanza to connect with God, to ask for his will for us to be done, to ask for his direct, direct, um, direction and provision. We, read and reflect on writings um, by our higher power and uh, what his teachings and practices are. We ask forgiveness for our shortfalls um, and forgiveness to those that have shortfalled against us <laughs> and for divine protection from temptation and deeds of darkness and ending with just honoring God's power and authority. We do this about six days a week and it has been Tremendously impacted our relationship with God, each other, our family, our community, and our service. And it's helped me from desiring to um, being seen and heard to desiring to see and hear God first and then others. So, um, gentle reminder in thinking about your day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. We relax and take it easy, we don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come when we have tried this for a while. Just ask. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening is the result, the result, not a result, the result of these steps. We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. This is our 12th suggestion, says the big book. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. These are the promises of doing step 12. Life will take on new meetings, to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you, don't want, you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. I am very grateful for the many people I've had the honor to sponsor over the years and the loving, supporting community that I crave that helps me grow in my understanding of God and the steps. Love and blessings to all of you. Page 100 promises. I told you I love, <laughs> love promises. <laughs> This has been an anchor for me that I had to hold on to. I bring sponsors to this at the very beginning. It's an anchor to hold on to. It's a promise. It's a hope. Both you and the new man. Is today your first day? Will tomorrow be your first day trying to put down the food? This is for you. Have you been on the line for years? Have you been recovered for a decade? Oh, this is for you. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. We can never stop progressing in this if you persist remarkable things will happen when we look back we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in god's hands were better than anything we could have planned follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances and since i have time i'm going to skip a few pages back to a beautiful reading it is so packed with great information that we close our meetings with regularly. Page 164, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Step three, admit your faults to him until you're fellow. Step four, 10, and 11. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Step eight and nine, give freely of what you find and join us. Step 12, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. So grateful to be doing this, walking this path with all of you. And remember. Just ask, keep asking, continue for a lifetime, and I pass. Thank you very much, Elaine B. What a full, full presentation today to listen to and to take in, to learn from. A great way to pack this last day of 2023 with this particular presentation. Thank you so much. And Elaine will ask for your contact information at the conclusion of this meeting. So y'all hang in there and wait for that. It'll be after the recording has stopped. The share ID number for today's Sunday special edition, December 31st, 2023 is 20989, 20, It'll be available for you to re-listen to and take more notes because it was so detailed and packed. You don't want to miss not hearing it again. So the lines are now open for questions for you, Elaine. If you have a question for Elaine this morning, please unmute your phone by pressing star one on your phone keypad. Offer your first name, first letter of your last name, and um, your state, and then immediately on asking your question, please press star one again to remute your not lane, your lane, your line. Anyway, I have two people already so anxious to How ask I you a question, Elaine. I have Deborah. And I have Nadia. Is it Deborah M? And Nadia yeah, B? The, mm-hmm. Okay. Bon Bonnie B. B. Bonnie B. Mm-hmm. Anna. 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 And like Nancy. Okay.
1: Teresa L. Loretta Teresa H.
0: Loretta H. Well, such enthusiasm. Anyone else before we start these questions? Okay, fantastic. Okay, first up, Deborah M. Followed by Nadia B. Your question, Deborah Star One, please. Deborah Star One, please. Yeah, right, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, there you I'm are. here. There you go. I'm sorry. Thank mm-hmm. you. Sorry for jumping in so fast, Elaine. I'm Deborah M from Western New York, we covered. Thank you so much for this. My question is, obviously, you have a growing experience with with God. I was wondering if you could share one or two of your practices that continually um, brings you to that next level of relationship with Him. Thank you, and I'll pass. Oh, thank you very much. And I guess my first thing I want to do. Is ask God to direct any answer that I do. Please, please inspire me, <laughs> God. Okay. Um, well, as I said, that morning routine that my husband and I has been so life changing for me. Oh my goodness, it really addresses some of the different um, aspects. Um, it is it's it's actually it's based on the Lord's Prayer in the Bible and and reading a passage about um, about that has really built. You know, so we, we each have different spiritual options. We get to choose. And so delving into the teachings of my faith and, um, you know, the God of my understanding, learning what he said, what he did, and what he said to do on a daily basis, just going through, going through, meditating on it, and then sharing and reflecting on what we learned um, with each other, just like we do on a vision for you. Um, has has completely transformed my life my marriage my relationship with food and every human on the planet, but mostly my relationship with god it's the most important thing for me thank you for asking thank you deborah M for your question this morning Nadia B your question then followed by Bonnie hi nadia oh,
2: good morning good morning girls thank you Melanie and Elaine for your service Wow Elaine I just Mind blowing! I so love um, your voice and, and the presentation you've done. It's just amazing. Thank you. My question has two parts. So, asking for a friend, uh, you know, what do you do, um, or how was how was your process on um, doubts with whether it is with step one with sponsees or do you ever have doubt that you're powerless? In your relationships. So one is, you know, like a sponsee having doubts, uh, whether they're, um, you know, true compulsive overeater or, or maybe a hard eater, and whether it's, it's very common on step one in your experience, like someone that is just going through the process of step one. And the second part is, you know, um, for myself, you know, I sometimes feel pretty powerful in my relationship and still you know, kind of <laughs> um, going pushing through. Um, how do you navigate that? I hope that's clear. Thanks, lot I'm not
0: quite. I'm not exactly. Sure. Hi, Nadia. So great to hear you. I'm not exactly sure about what you mean by um, by pushing through in your relationship. So I understand mm-hmm. the first part of somebody that doubts, mm-hmm. but yeah. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: For the interest of time, I'm just going to, you know, whatever you, you can
0: offer. Thank you. I think i have taken. it. Oh, okay. Okay. So for um, for doubt, you know, we, we have to, you know, for me, I'm even powerless to comprehend really my higher power to the depth and width and breadth that, that I believe God is. But I can just begin where I am, just like in any relationship, you know. So uh, it's sort of that. And even every sponsorship relationship was getting to know you, getting to know all about you. We have to do that. We have to start and we have to put in. And, you know, that invitation to have our own conception of God is a really, really, really helpful thing to do. What do I want? What do I need in a God that I can put my trust and reliance on and write a job description, you know? And then until it begins to happen, we need to act as if. But the main thing is we need a a focus on a power greater than ourselves that we can utterly abandon ourselves to. And so, again, I come back with the thing that I just didn't even see until I was putting this together. We need to ask, God, ask, uh, show me, um, God, please help me believe in you. God, please help me surrender to you. God, help me come up with a description that I can put my trust and faith on um god help me god direct me and so and as we do you know in any kind of relationship we don't know everything about anybody everybody we as we get to know them we learn more. and that's the same that is true with a relationship with god and um you know we can i can be an overachiever in relationships and uh, sometimes they call it codependency <laughs> So it's like I want to be God-dependent, and um, but it takes work. It really does. This is a relationship. It is the most vital relationship, you know, that I, I surrendered my relationship to my husband when I picked up the food, and, and, and I needed to supersize my relationship with God was very clear when I was finally able to put it down again. So I hope those answers um, help, and if not, we can talk offline. Thank you, Nadia B., for your question. Bonnie B., your question now for not, for um, Elaine. And then, Anna, you'll follow Bonnie. Thanks so much. Thanks, Melanie. Elaine, oh, my goodness. The love I have for you, my friend. I cried through half of this. Um, um, so the question is, what do you do with the deep cuts, the ones that are still bleeding out? Um, you know, I have so much gratefulness for this program and I've learned so many things but the things that the cuts that are like facing me today that I have nothing to do with and I can't make them go away what do you do with those I'm working the steps but I still feel like I'm so raw and I do have a a faith and so I appreciate that also so thanks so much hi Bonnie thank you so much love you okay um deep cut bleeding out What I had thought were the worst experiences of my life became the greatest growth areas in my life because I was forced to put my trust and reliance upon God. Um, I have a book, it's called The Bumps Are What We Climb On. I think of a rock climber, a mountain climber. Man, it's like if I let go, I'm dead. I'm going to be flat on the ground, you know. And sometimes we feel splat on the ground. But that's when God can come and pick up the pieces. So all I can say is cry out. Cry out. Ask for help. Keep going. Keep asking. The answers may not come at once, but they will come. And um, again, I really believe that God has best intentions for everybody in every situation at every time. And bad things happen but we can grow. Those can be the very things that God uses to help us. In fact, I think in some areas, many of us are on the line because what were the hardest things for us to overcome, to conquer, to get through have become our greatest strength in helping others to do. Um, So today it's food, but we don't know what it will be tomorrow. But we always have that What first it seems like a flimsy reed proves to be the powerful, loving hand of God that we can hold on to for dear life. And as we do, (laughs) you know, we got one hand and God's got everything. to hold us. So I'm praying with you, my friend, for your situation and happy to talk offline. Thank you, Bonnie B., for your question. Anna N.? Your question now for Elaine, followed by Teresa. Darwin, please. Anna N. Sorry, okay. I. Um,
1: yeah, I didn't realize I was still muted. Um, this is Anna M. Um, Thank you, Elaine, so much for that share. I related so much to it in my father issues. I I really need to hear more. Um, My questions are, if I could, um, you talked about going through the steps quickly and also the fourth step and the 10th step. I think it was a 10-step inventory you were talking about. I wondered if um, I could find those or you could say any more about that. And thank you again
0: for a wonderful share. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I I really think that when I said quickly compared to working on my <laughs> working on my inventory for three years,
2: <laughs>
0: I I went through the steps and I think it was about two and a half or three months with my sponsor. Um, there's there's other ways out there that are are quicker than that, but that's a comfortable feel for me to get to know my sponsor, get my spon- uh, sponsee wants you to know me and really just to to stand with them for a few months as they grow and establish themselves in this this program. I think that that's really, really helpful. And um, let's see. (laughs) Did I answer your question? Did I miss part of it?
1: And I just wanted, I pushed in there. Um, Step uh four and step uh 10 i believe inventories i wonder if you could just oh, share a yes, little bit the, about
0: that yeah yeah uh well there you know um step four inventory the way that i was doing it it was was really i was you know literally i wrote on it for three years and didn't finish and and so it finished me <laughs> so step four inventory there are clear-cut uh, instructions in the big book and i found forms i was actually directed to Forms on a website called oabigbook.info, and you can download the forms. And um, but they they completely concur to the Big Book instructions. So I use the Big Book instructions and those forms to help um, a sponsee get through it uh, using brevity and using the clear cut directions in the Big Book. And that um, that's really helped me a lot. And I, I had tested some different things I've heard about and, and they, they just, they don't work for me. So, um but yeah, that's, that's the way I do it really reading through the big book on step four and using those clear cut instructions. And they also have instructions for, um, you know, making amends. Um, and for character defects, I have them make a list of it and a list of the opposites and pray God that help them pra- to help them practice the opposites. To bridge that gap between four and nine. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anna Ann, for your questions this morning. Teresa L., your questions now for Elaine and then Loretta, and then we'll open it up for more questions if they're out there. Star one, Teresa. Teresa L., are you still with us?
1: Okay. I got unmuted.
0: Sorry about that. Um, Can you hear me now? Loud and clear. You just jump right in. Perfect. My question for Elaine is this. Um, I slipped about a week ago, and I am so full of fear that everything
2: is bothering me, and I also lost my family. Like you lost your parents, I lost, I watched my mother and my father die, so I know what that's like. But being
0: powerless now and having that fear, how can I go about getting rid of this fear for once and for all? Um, have you been through the steps before, Teresa? Yes. Yes, I okay. have. Okay. So um I often ask that question for for somebody even if they're starting the steps over again um that uh that it's worth it. Every time every time I've gone through the steps, I've done it several times, several ways, and every single time there's something more like that incredible awakening I had about God. I didn't know. So God has more for you. Please just know God has more for you. And, you know, when we're full of fear, we need to find the antidote. And the antidote is what would God have me be one day at a time? You know, things happen sometimes just so that God can supersize our relationship with him so that we can go back and learn from what happened. We can go back and see truly what's disturbing us and become more in tune with those things so that we're able to pick up the phone instead of the bite, you know, so that we're able to stop and get that peace restored. Um, But all of those distractions, all those disturbances that might drive us to food, I just feel like they're God calling. I, I feel like it's God's way, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, obey the yellow light. Now I ran the red light and boom, I crashed, you know, into a pie <laughs> of Ben and Jerry's or whatever it is. And so it just means that there's more clear cut instructions. We get to back up the bus and, and go revisit exactly what am I thinking? What am I feeling? But most of all, what am I believing? What am I believing about myself and the situations that are bringing about fear instead of faith, that are bringing about hopelessness instead of hope, that are, bring, that are taking away my trust and wanting me to, to try to control um, some, kind of, some kind of something for ease and comfort. And so I would just say, you know, if you've been through the steps, do a thorough 10-step uh, with, with somebody. If you don't feel relief, do it again with somebody else. Um, and, you know, if, if, if you're slipping, boy, that's a, that's a real red flag. And so that's a real thing, um, that is showing you your need for ease and comfort. And so, um, I hope that's helpful. It's a beautiful community here, people to reach out, out to, I'll be leaving my number later. And, um, yeah, so I hope that helps, Teresa. Thank you you very much, Teresa, for your question. That's Teresa L. from Florida. Next up, before we open up the lines for additional questions out there, is Loretta H., star one, Loretta H., and ask your question. Good
1: morning, everyone, and good morning, Melanie and Elaine. Oh, thank you, thank you. You remind me, or your share reminded me of my favorite paragraph to just thought that in God's hands you avert death and misery for others. And my question for you is, you talked about a resentment you had for 10 years. And um, did it immediately one day you just realized, or was it a gradual release from that resentment? I have one or a couple that happened, and I just wondered what your process or what was an aha moment like, oh my God, I've forgiven that person.
0: Well, um, I think for me it was just a knee jerk reaction to a family um who, you know, she she's an in law and um the thing <laughs> one of the things that really, 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 really got me was when God turned the mirror around and showed me that everything I was resenting in her was everything I was doing. Wanting to fix, manage, control, run the show, be in charge, tell everybody what to do. And um, one thing that really, really got me, you know, we're having our annual New Year's party um, tomorrow. Is that what I felt like? You never loved me enough to get my food. You never loved me enough to understand. I don't eat what you, all these years, you don't get it. You don't get me. You don't love me enough. And what I realized as the mirror flipped around, I don't love her enough to get her. She's raised in Italy. They grow their own food. She makes all this incredible stuff. Some of it I can eat. Some of it I can't. She doesn't need to get what I need. I need to get what she needs. I need to turn that magic magnifying glass around, you know, and see that I was the problem. So I just included her in my morning meditations, my 10-step prayers, you know, uh, over over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And every time she pushed my button over and over and over again, and we're going through some stuff now. And I'll say there has been a time or two I pulled out that prayer again But what I see in her is the beauty the the woman my brother fell in love with, you know, the mother of pretty amazing kids and somebody who has an awful lot to offer, even though at times I feel like there's no room for me, I don't need to be center stage anymore. I can rest back in my God's arms and get all the ease and comfort I want and let people do what they want to do, do what they need to do. And it took me a while to do that, more step work, in order to get to that place. So thank you for asking, Loretta. Thank you very much, Loretta H., for your question. There's time, plenty of time, for any other questions that are out there on the minds of you this morning. If you want to ask Elaine a question, press star 1 on your phone keypad. Just give me your name, the first letter of your last name, and then your uh, state, please.
1: Brenda A, New York.
0: Brenda A. Elena C. Elena C. Maura Z. Maura Z. Mary G. Mary G.
1: Okay, let's go with those three.
0: Well, that's actually four, isn't it? Brenda A from New York, your question first, followed by Elena.
2: Good morning, Brenda A. from New York, Recovering One Day at a Time by the Grace of God. Thank you all for your service, and thank you, Elaine. Um, My question is pretty basic, and as I was writing it, God kind of answered it. Um, Elaine, how do I get through the steps quickly if I'm in and out of relapse? I don't believe in slips. I believe um, relapse to me is letting go of God's hands, and I appreciate you know, your input on that.
0: Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, you know, there's a real quick way you can get through the steps, but it isn't always, oh, we just have to make sure it's thorough. You know, we just have to make sure it's thorough. Um, and, but if we're experiencing relapse, um, like I, you know, like I did, um It was just an indication that I needed more. But I don't need to go to the point of the food. Right now, the food is like, okay, I'm driving along and there's a yellow light ahead because I'm having that compulsive thought. Maybe this would be good. Ben and Jerry are always sweet. They never say say no. Where can I get some, you know? But if I don't obey that yellow light, proceed with caution and then the red light that comes next, and I plow right through the red light, man, I'm, I'm going to crash into something, and it's not going to meet my need, and I'm going to have a whole nother problem. We've so conditioned ourselves to get our ease and comfort from food, but the best thing we can do is to get clear-cut direction from God by asking, what is disturbing me? Why do I want this? What am I trying to solve? What am I trying to get? out of the situation, what is disturbing me. And that's that's what I feel like. You know, the restless irritability and discontent is an invitation, you know, the desire to eat something sweet is an invitation. The desire the the attraction to what's on somebody else's plate or whatever it is, those are indications for me that I'm disturbed. I do believe that it is important before you get into steps four and five, to, to, to be abstinent. And if you're at a place that you, you, you know, you try and you try and you try and you just can't get there, the big book talks about go out and try some more drinking, you know. Go out, try some more eating. Try, try it until you've, until you've had it, until you're really ready to surrender. And those are scary words and those are scary thoughts because there are people who've died from this disease and I don't want anybody to do that. But we need to be willing to take step one, and then step two, and then step three. And it's then that we're ready to do step four that it's really going to clear away more wreckage. I hope that helps. Others may have you, other Brenda ideas, A. So you could ask around. Thank you. <laughs> mm, yeah. Thank you, Brenda A. from New York, for your question. Elena C. from South Carolina, your question. Good morning. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Jump right in. Okay. Thank you so much. We'll let you know. uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you so much, uh, Melanie. And Elaine, I really appreciated your your
2: story and your speech this morning. And I have a very probably loaded question, um, but it's a question that I come across with a lot. Um, and I am wondering how do we find the will of God in, like, major cruelties of this world, such as, you know, genocide or uh, crimes against humanity, like the wars in Gaza or Ukraine right now.
0: Thank you. Wow. You know, there's a lot. There's been a lot since the beginning of time of horrible things happening to people. I have a a deep deep passion for some of the cruelties that are out there and how we can how can we protect people especially children from some of them. These are very 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 real things. And all I can do is recognize the fact that bad things happen to good things, good people and good things happen to bad people and it is the way that God has allowed it to be. And I will say that it's the bad things that drove me to God. And it's the hard things that helped me cling more. It's the difficult things that caused me to seek and build relationship with God. And there are things that I'm powerful over and there's things that I'm absolutely powerless over. But I do have the power of prayer. And I do pray a lot for, for needs. Um, of people in war, of people in hunger, <clears throat> of people that are being trafficked, of, of so many things that are happening around the world. And um, the thing is, is that I'm here to do what God would have me do. And if I could do, if I could be the solution to all of those things, I I would, but I just need to seek God and keep turning back and take comfort in the fact that maybe those people that are going through very difficult things also are crying out to God in ways that they've never known. And they're experiencing miracles, just like you and me on the line. I, I pray that they do. And, um, So basically one of the things that I need to do is realize this is too big for me. I can't, God can, I need to let him. So I put those things in God's lap. I will grieve, I will pray, I will, you know, watch the news, see what's going on. But I have to put it in God's hand and I always say, show me my part. Is there something I'm supposed to do? I have a friend who's going to an island, um, that uh, has children that have never seen white people before. (laughs) They've never gone there. And she's bringing all this stuff. And I gave her money. I said, bring some stuff for me too. Go bless those kids, you know. So we see what God would have us do, what God would have us be. And we pray until we know what it is. And sometimes all it is that we can do is pray. But what we focus on grows. And so, if we get obsessive about looking at something that disturbs us, then we are going to be disturbed. So I weigh and measure my news um, just like I do my food. I hope that helps. Thank you for the question. I do want to just um I'll enter in a gentle gentle suggestion here, and then in that we all have a different concept of a power greater than ourselves, and it may not be exactly the way that Elaine sees hers or or uh, Elena sees her. So looking at a global thing in the question that just came up, I'd like to encourage us to focus our particular question on the God of our understanding and the power of our understanding and also um, towards the disease of compulsive overeating as, as we can keep it in that particular perspective because it gets too diverse when we move out, outside those bounds. So I wanted to just encourage folks in that way. So next up for a question will be Maura Z and then followed by Mary Jean. Hi, Maura. Hi, Melanie. Thanks so much for your service. Elaine, thank you for a a very well-articulated and very powerful share this morning. Thank you very much for your service. Um, A little bit of backstory, um, and I wrote some notes because I wanted to make sure I said this in English. I have separated myself from my sister because I no longer was willing to be bullied, and this was um, a couple of years ago. And every once in a while, I find myself doubting my actions. Did I overreact? and so on and so forth. I wonder sometimes if she's going to be open to reconciliation. But the bottom line, I think that I'm still waiting for an apology from her. So what I need to know is if you have any words of
1: wisdom on how do I finally let this go and move on?
0: And thank you, guys. To forgive her. Oh, thank you very, very much. I really do feel like praying the sick man's prayer for somebody can transform a heart for them. And, um, you know, it says we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate, but sometimes they step on our toes. And, um, you know, there's there's wisdom in protecting ourselves from unhealthy or dangerous relationships. Um, but the the main thing I would say is Ask God, what do you want this relationship to be? I, le- I learned once that the inventory questions in the sex inventory, we can use those to come up with an ideal, shape, a safe and sound ideal for our future relationship with family members. And that helped me kind of say, these are my boundaries or my expectations or how I want to show up. um, using those questions and maybe that would be helpful for you. But... Um, if you are still feeling pain in that relationship, I would keep uh, bringing that to a power greater than yourself and using it because we can learn and grow from um, from those experiences with our higher power. And um, also, yeah, again, that, that sick man's prayer, um, 10 years it took, but we have a good relationship now. And um, that leaves it in God's hands for God's timing. And um, I think it's the best place for it to be, so thank you for the for the um thank you for the question, And I'm sorry that you've had to go through this with your sister. Thank you very much Mausey mary G your question please for Elaine This is Mary G in New York and um thank you, Melanie, for your service and elaine, thank you so much for your share i I really appreciate it your deep faith and your focus on God and my question is um how do you experience God's response what are what are the ways that you hear God speaking back to you
1: and do you ever practice two-way prayer thank you
0: thank you very very much um oh yes uh you know just like just like uh <laughs> a human being, there are different ways that I can that I can get, but my favorite one is what I call a gentle nudge and that's when I ask God a question and I need to leave it there because I'm not getting any uh, clear-cut direction in um, in in two way prayer you know bringing something to God and then uh, looking at a response I do do two way prayer I do um, I like to do that with a tenth step when I ask God especially with fear inventory, what would you have me be? I like to try to take notes of what that is, uh, what that response is, what comes to mind. I measure it with, you know, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it it good? Will it cause harm to anybody? Those type of standards. Um, But, yeah, those are kind of the ways that... um, that I communicate. I hope I answered your question. If not, please let me know. Thank you very much, Mary G. I think there's time for at least one more question this morning. If there's a burning desire, there might even be time for two, depending. But let's go with one for sure if you're out there. Give me your first name, first letter of your last name. And your state, please, so folks can find you.
1: Amelia O? Anyone?
2: Hi, Caroline Amelia. From New
1: York.
0: Oh. Amelia, and did you say Carolyn?
2: Yes, Carolyn from New York.
0: Okay, Carolyn S. Okay, oh, Amelia Carolyn S. We might not get to you, but we'll give it a go, Carolyn. Okay, but thank you. Yes. Amelia, your question, please. Hi there. Thanks so much. Um, this is around creating your own concept of a higher power.
2: Um, it's sounds from what you were saying as though you came from a particular faith tradition. I did as well. I'm wondering how you created the concept of the higher power that you needed or that you're working with now when if you came from a tradition that already had its own and how you reconciled any differences you had between your faith tradition and the concept of the higher power that you felt was calling
0: to you in this program. Thanks. Thank you so much, Amelia. Yeah, though I did have a powerful relationship, you know, I, I needed more. I needed I needed to go deeper. It's sort of like, um, you know, you you get used to somebody and you take them for granted or something like that, or you think you know everything about them so you don't bother, you know, oh yeah, I know exactly just what's going to happen if I visit them and I'm not up for that today, so I'm not going to bother, you know. It is more like um, being able to to, to step back and say, do I really know everything about this this um, power that's greater than me that I'm supposed to utterly abandon myself to and trust and rely on and get direction from? And so I needed to step back and say, how can I supersize my understanding of God? How can I redefine my description of God so that it meets something that is sufficient for me to put down those sources of ease and comfort you know, that, that includes food, but do go beyond. And, um, you know, what does that need to look like? And for me, the main thing that I really, really needed to see and to know was that I am loved, seen, and known. I'm cared about and that I'm not alone. And those began to, to, helped me put together a list of things that I was looking for, things that I wanted, things that I desired, things that I I felt I needed to believe in order to trade up instead of, you know, just, you know, in order to trade my food for, in order to trade my character defects for, because in that second round I knew that was coming, you know? And um, so that, that is what I have done and I recommend coming up with a list of things that you really hope that your higher power will be and um, begin to act as if that that is true. Move accordingly and, you know, keep build that, that relationship by asking questions and um, then you've got a, a stronger platform to stand on as you go through the harder parts of the steps. Thank you. Let's give it a go and see if we can get Carolyn's question in there real quick as we're pinching the time here. Carolyn, you want to ask your question this morning? Carolyn S. from
2: New York. This is Carolyn S. from New York. Um, I just wanted to ask, Elaine. first of all, thank you so much for this whole presentation. I took notes and I'll listen again. Um, My question was, how did you come back together with your husband after your separation? Um, I'm going through a crisis right now in my 33-year-old marriage, and I just wanted to Get your insight.
0: Hi, Carolyn. Good to hear you. And I'm I'm sorry yeah. for that that crisis. Yeah. Um. I knew that there was a big problem because of that letter that I got. So afraid, and I just hit it, you know. And then again, when I it again, I wasn't ready to face it. But Again, that inventory and the sex inventory isn't only about sexual contact. It is about creating a safe and sound ideal for a future relationship with an individual. And um, the main thing that I wanted and needed to do is get a sick man's prayer of the areas that disturbed me. And... Um, you know, there are still areas that disturb me that I get to pray for when that pops up. But I needed to do that work for God to change my heart and my perspective. But the other thing is, is to keep showing up. I could get to a place where I was like, I got to cook, I got to clean, I got, I got, I, 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 it's all about me. And so um, to be able to say, no, this is a privilege, this is an honor, this is something that I want to do, this is um, a way to bless. And, um, you know, so try to do the things that he likes and and the food. We find the places of bonding. But the other thing that I found I needed and is really works for him too is I need space. There's a particular times and things that we do together, and then I get my life. You know, I get my situation. So trying to find and honor those things that um, that are are healthy for our relationship and um, good good things for me to do to be loving and supportive um, that I enjoy to do. Um, You know, those are the things I just, it's that choice. It's that daily choice, but also always asking God, what would you have me be in this relationship? What are things I can do? And please help me to forgive. And, And also one of the things that I can do is you know, keep going back to that resentment and that inventory and every day, even if I have to do it every day, say the prayer every day for 10 years, you know, God sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly will bring us the freedom that we want. And um, thank you so much for your question. Thank you everyone for your questions. And that will be the last question for Elaine this morning as we're moving towards the end of our meeting today. You've offered so much to yourself, Elaine, this morning with answering these questions as well. Just continues to add but let's close as we do in our usual fashion by reading from page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right